I don't know why, but I I was just like for a second. Then I was like, should I put a mask on? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a mask on my bed, and I was like, as in a COVID mask, or like a precautionary measure. <laughs> I was like, should I put a mask for the listeners for the listeners' safety? podcast fellas is it gay to read with your co-hosts me amber and me robin uh, my pronouns are she they i guess and mine are they them i know you know yeah <laughs> amazing so we thought that we would just do a little introduction to the episode just explaining a bit about what we hope for the podcast in general and also what we're going to be discussing today uh, so, Robin, why don't you let the listeners know what we're going to discuss today? Yeah, well, today we thought we'd give you a bit of an introduction to our favourite queer texts or our favourite texts that we've read queerly. Yes. Um, some TV shows. <laughs> it is every single text. There is no such Everything thing. Everything is read queerly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and some movies and TV shows um yeah and yeah yeah just a bit of an introduction really the main podcast will be focusing on largely queer books but also non-queer texts as well that as we said we will be reading queerly because everything is gay um and yeah maybe a bit of uh pop culture a bit of what we're up to um Mm. because we lead very very gay lives so yeah very gay very exciting Um, (laughs) i'm currently in tier three in sheffield so basically in my house quite a lot but um yeah still exciting yeah and i live in bristol where it's so cold that i'm in my house too anyway you're in your Um, house and you're wearing a very dashing pink robe it yeah dressing gown i called it a dressing gown and i was shouted down (laughs) it's a robe it's actually it's actually a robe this is not dressing dressing gown or dressing down this is dressing up thank you very much this is dressing up (laughs) not down thank you very much um this is my pod recording outfit um the robe gives me a gravitas I do <laughs> gravitas I love that it really does you you become a different person in the robe I'm quite scared yeah the robe the robe inhabits me I do not inhabit the robe <laughs> are you wearing the robe or is the robe wearing you that's the question anyway robes aside we <laughs> <laughs> not that my robe will ever be cast aside <laughs> we we hope that you enjoy the first episode of the podcast Uh, We hope that you stick with us. This is our first episode, so please bear with us and please enjoy our chat now about some queer books and who we are. We are going to go into a bit about our history. Uh, Usually with the podcast, we'll be focusing on a book each time. Um, but today we're going to kind of talk about several and we're going to talk about some films and we're going to talk about TV shows and we're going to talk about music and all of them smushed together. Um, I think a lot of the like media that you take in when you're young and queer is, is like a lot of the time it's in secret. 
So there's like stuff that you like never talk to anyone about the fact that you're admitting <laughs> that you watched. Um, and it, yeah, so who knows what we'll talk about. But I think we'll start with, um, what do you think, Robin? Should we start with books? If you're a book podcast, it would be yes. apt to start okay. with Okay, why don't you tell us yeah. about your first queer read? Um, it was, I read it quite young. I'm not sure if I read this or Oranges first. Um, Oranges are not the only fruit listeners um that's what the book is called sorry just to explain the book is called oh yeah not the um, only fruit not just stating an obvious fact um <laughs> <laughs> which we will talk um, about later but yeah sorry yeah. Carry on, for now i will talk about girl meets boy by ali smith which is part of the canningate myth series which was published i think it was 2011 shall i read i'll read the um the blurb yeah for people who are unaware. Um, Girl meets boy. It's a story as old as time. But what happens when an old story meets a brand new set of circumstances? Ali Smith's remix of Ovid's most joyful metamorphosis. It's a story about the kind of fluidity that can't be bottled and sold. It's about girls and boys. Girls and girls. Love and transformation. A story of puns and doubles, reversals and revelations. Funny and fresh, poetic and political. Here is a tale of change for the modern world. That's so beautiful. I think that really, yeah, encompasses a lot about it. Yeah. One of the characters in it is called Robin, and they, I guess, ignited a feeling about gender in me. Mm -hmm. Um, A general queerness. I think I read this when I was... I I read this um, before I really started to think about gender on a wider scale, and Mm -hmm. I was more just like, oh my god it's a girl and a girl oh my god um <laughs> got very excited yeah. <laughs> um yeah and i would like read the bit where like they kiss like over and over again because um i was gross uh but because that's what you do yeah because yeah. you you like you, you grasp onto anything don't you like especially mm. when you've not come across anything before and ev- like lots of books are st- like straight and cis lots of tv shows like lots of films so like when you find something um speaks to you in that way, I think it's really it's important and um Yeah. Yeah, it just so happens that it's like so beautifully written as well. It's amazing, it's gorgeous. I can completely see why it would have meant a lot to you. Amber, what about you? Um, hit me with a book choice. So I'm yeah, I'm gonna bounce off what you mentioned. Um Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit by Jeanette Winterson is my first read, uh first pick um i guess i'll read the blurb first for the readers who haven't read it before this is the story of Jeanette, adopted and brought up by her mother as one of god's elect zealous and passionate she seems destined for life as a missionary but then she falls for one of her converts at 16 Jeanette decides to leave the church her family her home and her family for the young woman she loves Innovative, punchy and tender, Oranges Are Not The Only Fruit is a few days ride into the bizarre outposts of religious excess and human obsession. It's kind of parts of autobiographical, like semi-autobiographical novel. But it, I, I read it when I was about 21, which I think it was one of the first queer books I'd ever read, um, which says a lot. <laughs> um because I yeah I wasn't I wasn't really allowed to read anything like that growing up um I wouldn't have been allowed to read it anyway um I yeah I grew up 
extremely religious. Um, my family are very religious. Love writing, always have. Um, so I, I just felt an instant connection. I think in the way that you did, Robin, with Ali's writing. Yeah. But yeah, she's definitely one of my favourite writers. And if anyone asked me, like, off the bat, what was my favourite book, this would be what I would say. So, yeah, that's my choice. I think I read it when I was uh, probably about 12 or 13, maybe 14. Which I'm so jealous um, of. <laughs> I feel like it's just so, it would be so good to read, like, when you're younger. I think it's just, yeah, it's amazing to have read yeah. it so young. Um, my, my baby queer self is being nurtured, and it felt like I was nurturing it with the reading of the mm. book. Um, Which I guess is what yeah. it felt like when I read it. I mean, I yeah I was going through kind of leaving a religion behind that was very closed off very difficult to leave also um and kind of you you really do no matter how you leave you really do kind of get cut off and leave the community behind when you leave and I guess Jeanette and her like mini when she's leaving and she's 16 and her whole life is packed up in her car that was kind of I guess real but also kind of a metaphor um for leaving things behind and not necessarily knowing where you're going um but i i didn't really know how important the kind of queer element of the story would be until some time had passed and i was kind of able to think about it but um yeah whoever you are and that is to say whoever you are i think that you'll love this well i i love it i love it so um i think it's it's yeah it's it's definitely worth reading yeah well yeah we we love it and it's amazing yeah how about films tv um what what would you say was some kind of important films of tv for you well i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out on the big one we're gonna go out with the big one really um of uh a bit of a, a bit of a shameful secret uh of the l word oh straight away wow yeah i'm str- i'm going straight <laughs> in with it um because it has to be aired it has to be aired does out. the l word need a trigger warning is the question <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so mm. i came to it a bit later after it had ended it has not aged well, we'll say. Um, there's definitely, like, even though it was made by queer people, uh, definitely male gazy, um, to say the least, in parts of it. It's almost like something to, for something to get onto the TV, it has to have such an element an of the element. male gaze. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Like, um, yeah. The, the gratuitous, the opening scenes, the gratuitous opening scenes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I watched it. Um, I watched it. I yeah, I must have been like thirteen or fourteen on Netflix when it was on Netflix, I, and I knew I was gay, and other people did like at school and stuff. It wasn't something that I was ashamed of or hiding, but I hid the fact that I watched the L. <laughs> <laughs> something in me, something in me knew instinctually. You could come out as gay, but you couldn't come out as watcher of L word. Watcher of the, the L word. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to ask how old you are. What's your L word? What's your L word story? Well, we'll show the kind of difference in our ages here, but Netflix was not a thing when I was 14. Um, So yeah, I didn't watch it on Netflix. I watched it in parts on YouTube. Um, We had like a desktop computer and I would watch it. 
and I would watch it and then I would clear the history because I couldn't let anyone see that I was watching it um and yeah but I was about the same age and yeah it's like yeah like I say I, I it was very different for me I wasn't out I wasn't able to be out at school um and so I guess that it's really it's kind of shameful to admit but also not that shameful like it was quite a big deal in like my education of like queer dynamics which yeah I feel like is is kind of bad um <laughs> but also like where else was I going to get the kind of education on I mean there just wasn't like yeah. programs there wasn't um anything that was as accessible as watching something like that so yeah exactly yeah it was it was like we laugh about it now and it's problematic but I guess it was important for me to just see even that women can have relationships between them or there can be sapphic relationships between yeah, people exactly. and it doesn't need to be yeah. heterosexual um that was a pretty big deal there yeah for I think a lot yeah. of people there's both a right and wrong time you know to be watching the L word and mm. I mean it never really yeah there's never a right <laughs> never there's never a right, a right time. time to watch the L word um, <laughs> uh yeah but um but it it has its uses and i think yeah for me it it has its uses as an educational tool apparently Mm. yeah so anything on your list amber you'd like to talk about tv show slash film wise yeah i wrote down quite a few um i feel like i watched a lot of gay films in secret because and that's kind of how I had to watch them. Um, so, like, I always forget that I've seen certain films. And then I'll be like, oh, I never watched anything gay. But I did. I just watched it in secret. Um, I loved Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> that was, like, one of my favourite films. Um, <laughs> it's really beautiful. I loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess watching it back, I don't know how problematic it would be now. But, um yeah, I loved Heath Ledger, anything that he was in, and uh, I love that film. Also, obviously, L Word, and yeah, in terms of like other TV shows, Glee was just everything, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was kind of not really very theatery or anything like that, but I was queer. Um, yeah, and I think that kind of Brittany and Santana and those sorts of storylines again was kind of another thing like oh my god people can have relationships that aren't heterosexual um but yeah apart from that i can't think of any kind of specific films were there any more that you had on your list um well there was this uh, very influential Mm. web series um it's based on uh uh, it's like the first one of the Mm. first vampire novels it's a novella um called Carmilla and it was made into 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 a web series um and it was like a big there was like a big part of um I guess like the queer internet yes I was on tumblr it was a thing we're moving on we're moving I just can't get over how young you are like (laughs) this is just crazy to me Yeah, yeah um I mean to be honest I am old enough to have had tumblr at like 14 but um I I just didn't yeah um yeah. But yeah, I had a Tumblr, and this is what this is at the center of my sphere, really. Um, I forget that, that part of my life happened, but yeah, um, I think it was also definitely it provided me with quite a big queer network. It introduced me to a lot of queer people. Um, 
which is amazing and very important, I think. That is it for things I can remember that were, you know, explicitly queer, but I think I managed to make everything that I watched queer in some way. Um, everything is gay. Everything is gay, and if, like, not to erase uh, men, but I would just... <laughs> really? You know, not to erase men. Because um, they've been so historically oppressed. They've been oppressed, um, yeah. We really just don't want to erase men. I'm really yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, every, like, <laughs> sort of, like, vaguely masculine presenting person in a film, I would just be like, well, that's me, um, and make them into my own, like... Yeah. But they could have all been played by butch lesbians. I mean, or, or like... Butch lesbians, queer. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, speaking, speaking of that, speaking of reading things as queer and making everything queer, do you have any instances that you remember of things that... Things that you think back and think, wow, I made that gay, or it made me, you know... That was gay. Well, I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't think that I did until I started talking to kind of queer friends and like discussing things that I did and showing pictures of like me when I was small and like now I realise that I was the gayest person in existence for like my entire life and I only came out like for the knowledge of the listeners, I only came out at the beginning of this year. So um, like I first came out to my mum when I was about 15, but I yeah I only properly fully officially left the closet at the beginning of 2020 when I was 24 so there was a lot of things that I was doing that I didn't realize were gay and I think everything was quite gay but um yeah you just need to look at a photo of you yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just always like a little handbag in the crook of my arm like a very (laughs) like a fur coat usually when I was small like it just made everything so gay um, I was very obsessed with the Amanda show, Amanda Bynes, very obsessed with the Olsen twins. I loved Groovy Chick. I had a massive crush on Debbie from the Wild Thornberries. I feel like she is who I've based my style on now. Um, on like butchy femme days. Uh, she is, yeah, she is what I'm aspiring to. Yeah, I'd like to, <laughs> like to say that I have no idea who this woman is um really debbie yeah, thornbury i never i this is i think this might be it's either an age thing or the fact that i didn't oh, have God. access to that many tv channels yeah you didn't um, yeah you didn't watch that many of the like shows that I, were even around at your time no, but I, I mean maybe you're a bit young for the wild no. thornberries i don't know but she just wears this like i don't know check shirt crop top wide leg jeans and like chunky converse and she's just got her hair like growing freely and she just doesn't care i don't know if she wore hoops but i feel like i would put hoops on her now she had i think from what you're saying she had hoop energy hoop energy which is bi energy so i feel like hoops are bi yeah (laughs) yeah if you're currently wearing a hoop and listening to this you are bi i'm sorry to tell you but it's true a hoop hoop, one or two um (laughs) yeah and i yeah i was obsessed with her and i just there was always like i don't know someone there was always something there was always something something queer um yeah and yeah i was very obsessed with like fur with like pink with just everything quite calm did you watch tracy beaker 
Yeah. Okay. I did, yeah. I did when I was when I was small. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that show had like kind of queer energy. Um because Jacqueline Wilson is she queer. is, yeah. I think it sort of permeated into that. Okay, sorry. Before we carry on with the pod, we just had a little break. I just want to inform everyone listening to this that I am really trying not to seem drunk right now. Um, I don't want this to seem like my thing because Robin doesn't drink and I do. Like, not even that much, but like, yeah, I don't know. Com- compared, compared to, to nothing, nothing, it's a lot. You know. And like, it's autumn now. There's so yeah. many different like little cocktail recipes and I like making them. I bought a little pumpkin bucket and I'm going to make like punch bowls in it for me and my housemates. Um yeah i'm just i'm really sorry i feel like i just need to say before we continue with the pod as a disclaimer i can't i, I can't hold it in anymore <laughs> i just don't <laughs> i've been trying to be so sensible and i just can't so i'm sorry if i'm a bit slurry i'm just, i'm gonna try and be professional i think i'm fine I just, I just wanted. Just to... trying to be professional. <laughs> Absolutely slaughtered. I, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not slaughtered. I just want. You wouldn't turn up to work. <laughs> Absolutely slaughtered. You wouldn't steal a car. Why are you doing a <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I yeah. I'm really sorry. I just, I as I said earlier, I made this big batch of punch, and um, in hindsight, maybe should. It's not going to yeah, waste. Yeah, I don't want to waste it. So um, it's 8pm on a Saturday night. We're getting into it. We're drinking the punch. That's, that's appropriate. Do you think it's appropriate? I think yeah, that a Saturday yeah, night is yeah. appropriate. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, it's, ha- it's yeah, happening. Definitely. So I just wanted to say, it's I just wanted to say I'm sorry. Um, I cannot hold it in anymore. So uh, sorry if I say anything weird. Um, I cannot be held responsible. I didn't watch some of the stuff. Um, didn't have access to it. Um, the only time you I were too to young. Be, I, I wasn't. I wasn't alive for some of it, and I wasn't cognitively aware. I was alive, but not cogn- cognitively aware no. enough for the rest of it. However, I did have um, when the mail and like the Telegraph and stuff would. Um, include those free DVDs. It was a very specific type of film. It was like Oliver Twist, Great Expectations, um, Little Lord Fauntleroy, uh, which is <laughs> uh, a book by... Which is my favourite name for a film ever, Little Lord Fauntleroy. Yeah, and every one of them there were... It was, I guess, like Oliver Twist and then um, Pip from Great Expectations and Little Lord Fauntleroy of Little Lord Fauntleroy fame. Um <laughs> Who was like a very very tiny and kind of like like gobby upstart of a little American boy who was like a street urchin and the street urchin thing. Did he wear a suit? Like he, a little suit. He did by the end of the film when he achieved. Oh, like rag, rags to riches. Yeah, a rags to riches kind of story. Yeah. And um, this category of character is something that I would like to call a small gentleman. Now, mm. <laughs> what I would do that I would walk around the house pretending to be mm. a small gentleman um, and I was not stopped which I don't know I think was for the best I think it's helped me become who I am how is who you yeah, are and um and then I would start like exhibiting these small gentleman behaviors just as a person and there was another time when we had to dress up as evacuees for like a world war ii thing because 
England's, England is obsessed with wars. Um, mm-hmm. And I dressed up as a small boy evacuee, and I was a boy because I had a flat cap that I turned my hair into. And uh, yeah, I was just like. Which you liked doing, didn't you, when you were small, like making it seem like. You yeah, didn't I used have to um, like yeah. be in the bath and like scoop because it's scoop all of my hair up and then like make little bubble bubble hair so i look like a small gentleman <laughs> which is quite sweet i think yeah Adorable. um and even when i was like before i cut my hair off um it was waist length and i used to tuck it into like baseball hat and like which is like such a classic like um the trans mask like butchy mood mood mm. We thought we would do a little bit about just quickly discuss like lockdown and how that's been as queer people, how it's affected us, um, and just like some general comments on like lockdown and queerness. Robin, do you want to start us off? Yeah, well, I think that um, for me personally, I know for a few other people that I've spoken to that lockdown, I mean, if people have had the the privilege of time, which I did, um, it acted as a real like little incubator I guess for um Mm. nurturing queerness and discovering some new things about myself with my gender and I changed my name over lockdown um which is exciting um I've got a very Mm -hmm. cool name now I sound like a spy it's great um (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I mean it was difficult it was difficult to go back into a home environment in some ways Mm. um but yeah, I feel lucky to have had that time. Um, and I think that yeah. it gave me the time to sort of really think about myself and look at myself and realise that I wasn't happy with it, even though I thought yeah, well, that I was. Like, mm, yeah. Well, I guess we're all performing so much all the time when we leave the house. And then we had, if we were privileged enough to stay at home in, t- in this time, um, obviously there's a lot of difficult things about staying at home but it is a privilege to not have had to work throughout the pandemic um, but if you're kind of stuck inside you're not having to perform so much to the outside world obviously that's relative in terms of like who you live with you might still have to perform but there for a lot of people was kind of the opportunity to think about their gender and sexuality express themselves a bit differently and just think about where they are in their journey with um with those things so yeah yeah I think it was kind of difficult but almost helpful for a lot of people I think how did you find it personally uh I think that it was almost essential for me to just stop and evaluate where I was with certain things in life I don't want to say I wouldn't have come out without lockdown, but honestly, I think it would have taken a few more years for me to actually properly yeah. come out, um, which is sad. But I just, yeah, I, I was kind of open at the start of this year to dating kind of not just men. Um, I was just so miserable um, and I knew that there were so many parts of me that I was hiding and I just needed to yeah be more open yeah. and honest about them um so yeah I think about April May time I really properly came out I feel like that sounds like there's some kind of audience waiting for you like it just sort of happens yeah. doesn't it when you're an adult and you come out as opposed to like a child um 
you just yeah you just sort of it happens and you start referring to yourself in that way if you're asked or if it's required and you kind of I guess yeah dating different people but um life changed but it wasn't it wasn't the kind of cosmic reaction that I thought I was expecting it's just sort of enabled me to just be yeah. more myself um and I guess yeah I'm thinking about things like gender for the first time um which are pretty huge things to think about especially for the first time um being an adult but yeah I'm thinking about um where I am with those things now I've come out in terms of my sexuality and yeah I think that it says a lot about I don't want to make everything about capitalism <laughs> but everything is about capitalism, it's capitalism all along. Um, <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it too <laughs> yeah and it did I feel yeah. like <laughs> I just don't know if I would have ever stopped long enough yeah. to think about these things um and I guess I would just say to anyone listening who hasn't, just what's the harm in allowing yourself to think about where you are with certain things, how you feel? Um, because I did and it really changed everything. So, yeah, I feel much more myself, much more present. Um, and I guess, yeah, there's like a backlash to coming out, obviously, um, kind of sometimes from outside sources yeah. or just like yourself, your own internalised prejudices or whatever it might be. Um, but there's there's a real like sense of freedom that hasn't been there before hashtag just getting gayer in quarantine like you're not alone and it's a thing it's a thing when you stop and think about your life and it's not like things suddenly change it's it's you realizing things that maybe have been there for a long time yeah yeah so it's not like a phase or something that's new it's probably just you allowing yourself to actually access those things in yourself i definitely felt like especially for people who had the, the the privilege of having the time. It felt like years worth of thinking packed into a few months, um, which is a lot to process, but I think definitely um, a necessary, like you said, a necessary process to happen at some point. Yeah. And we were just lucky enough that, um, yeah, a few years of thinking and a few years of work on ourselves was, mm. you know, we were able to do it in a course of a couple, couple of months. And, yeah, um, yeah which... Like I said, it's difficult to work through. It's difficult to have those realizations when, I mean, thinking about things by yourself is it's freeing. But then, without having the support of people physically around you, sometimes it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Definitely. But then, I guess, yeah, the removed pressure of the performance around people is also helpful in trying to um, figure out your own identity. Definitely. Yeah. 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 that's it for the first episode i hope you enjoyed finding out a bit more about us um a bit more about the uh, newly established queer canon which is the history of us um, <laughs> they'll be teaching it yeah. in schools <laughs> this will be the um the holy text mm. uh oh religious illusion that i do not like um <laughs> yeah <laughs> hope we hope that you enjoyed it um follow the pod uh on instagram for mm-hmm. some memes amber is the meme genius i am merely a meme minion do you not think of these memes i mean <laughs> i have to i do i do want to say that i do run my memes by robin 
But yeah, I I would make memes about everything all the time if I could. Um, I'm obsessed. So. Yeah, if that you were unrestrained, yeah. then you would be running wild. Definitely. Yeah, honestly, I might just lock you out of the <laughs> shared page and just just post like ten a day until everyone unfollows us and <laughs> it just dries up. You like, yeah. run us into the ground with your addiction. <laughs> You're breaking it. You're breaking everything apart. Um, I just love them. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Yeah, on Instagram it's at fellas is it gay pod. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. listeners uh it's me amber from the future just coming to you to say thank you to my good friend Stu for providing the music in this episode and future episodes uh Stu, how far have we come from miss radford's music class i can't believe it she would be very proud uh but yeah i just wanted to say thank you very much Stu. Stu is in a band you can follow them on instagram at quiet pills and yeah super cool so thank you Stu, for your lovely music and thank you to everyone for listening we love you all thank you for bearing with us while we understand how the pod world works um yeah excited to bring you all more pod babies in the future okay bye I'm like I I need, I'm like I need to say my pronouns. I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't know my pronouns. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. I could tell you what I don't want to be called. Yeah. <laughs> Any of it. Don't refer to me. <laughs> <laughs>